Please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. This morning, uh, we've come to a passage in the midst of uh, Jesus sharing with his people about his new kingdom and how things were different. And we come upon a passage that uh, really could be set in a setting like today, where it isn't uh, that Jesus' way is so different from the world that we live in. Uh, that it needs to be explained and that it needs to be shown as a different way. As you look at God's Word, uh, we'll be looking at Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 19. If you'd stand in honor of God's Word, I'd like to read to you uh, these few verses. God's Word says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is a lamp of the body, so is your eyes eye is health so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will Be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great a darkness. No one can serve two masters. Or either either he will hate the one and love the other. Or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. God, I ask your blessing on our time. Ask that your word would uh, reorder our hearts, that we'd be open to what you would have for us this morning. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This morning we're searching for hidden treasure. Most of you love the pursuit, don't you? You love to to search for that one thing. I remember as a a young man watching shows where they would have deep sea divers and they they would know that a ship went down in this area. They'd been doing history and they they felt like they'd identified it and they'd send down divers in these dark, murky waters looking for the treasure. And as a young boy, I would just go, man, that'd be awesome. I'd love to find that treasure someday. I'm still looking, by the way. I'm still looking for that treasure chest. Most of us love the search for treasure. In fact, um, some of you love to go to stores that might even be a mess of a store because you think that's part of the fun of finding it. And you'll look for clothing or, or things... For, for your home. Others of you will love the process of buying a new vehicle and you'll go to lot after lot after lot looking for that special deal, that treasure. And then when you find it, there's this huge satisfaction that you got a good deal. In fact, um, some of you would like on your clothing to leave the price tag on because you got such a good deal that you want everyone to know. The search for treasure, we love it. Uh, some of us, even today, we, it's not necessarily high dollar items, but, but we'll love to, 
to go to garage sales and look through other people's junk. Some of you like to do that. Some of you look on Craigslist and you're not looking to really buy anything, but you're looking for something just you might need, you know. Others of you are on Tehachapi sells. And for you, it should be Tehachapi buys because you're buying junk, other people's junk. You're looking for treasure. I think all of us do this to some degree or another. And that's what this passage is about, is about treasure. If we look about the, at this passage, I want to warn you. Some of you think this is a, a passage about riches or poverty. And it's not. Uh, we are here in different degrees of poverty or riches here this morning. Some of you may be thinking, I don't have any money. In fact, uh, with people, you know, a questionnaire or something that says, what is your net worth? You'd say, not very much. Is there a line for not very much? You look at that and you say, I don't have anything. In fact, I have debts and pressures and, and, and that's who I am. So this passage isn't for me. This passage is for everybody. Some of the people who struggle most with riches here in this life are those who don't have. Because they dream and they push and they plot and they plan and they strategize. Thinking that someday they will have it all. And there are others here today who have money. God has blessed you. You've been wise and, and through his blessing, you have gotten to a place financially where you're secure. This morning, we're going to look at what it is to have riches or treasures. I want to tell you before we get rolling too that this is uh, our loving Savior shared these words. He loved these people. He was sharing with them a new and different way. And this morning, this is not (coughs) an issue of obedience as much as it is an issue for Jesus sharing with you the way to your own happiness, to your own fulfillment. It's it needs to be explained because left to ourselves, we will choose a different way. I also want to tell you that some of you here, you're, I don't care about money. I'm just, I, I don't care about money. There's three words I want to, th- three, three, yeah, three words I want to give you this morning. And they're all kind of tied together. Money, time, and treasures. Money, time, and treasures. Some of you are, are about money here this morning and you go, I am very, uh, dialed into the dollars and cents of life. Somebody asks you a question and they say, hey, do you like this? You say, what's the price? And I'll tell you if I like it. Uh, you, you, you look at a job, a potential job, and immediately you go to, well, how much will I make? Uh, you look at a vehicle or anything. It's all about the dollars and cents of it all. It's about money. Others of you are about the treasure of it all, right? You want things. You you want a situation. You you desire those things. And you say, I don't really care about money. But you do care about those treasures. And I want to tell you, the money buys the treasures. Where does time fit in? 
I sat down with a very wealthy man for lunch one time, <coughs> many years ago. And I, we were talking about different spiritual things, and it came to the end of the lunch, and uh, he said, very, you know, very dramatically, he said to me, he looks me in the eye, he bears down, and he says, thank you for your time. And I said, oh, no big deal, you know. And he says, no, 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 it is a big deal. Because the only thing we have here in this life is time. And I remember walking away from that time with him and going, yeah. In fact, that's how we get money, right? We give our time and our employer kind of purchases our time. He says, or, or she says, you will not do what you want to do. You will work for me for this time. There's a value on that time. And that time, it's money, which purchases treasures, okay? So thinking this morning, it's not about money. It's not just about treasures. It's not just about time, but all of those together and the value we place on what uh, they can produce. So we look at verse 19. And it says this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. <laughs> it's kind of, the, the idea here, it's really the same word, lay up and treasures. It, it's the idea of do not treasure your treasures. Do not treasure your treasures. The second treasure, meaning the stuff, the things that money can buy. He says, the the stuff of this earth, the, the treasures of this earth, he says, do not treasure them. Do not treasure them. Well, what do you do when you treasure something? You value it, right? You set it apart. One of my favorite things to do as a young boy, and I wasn't as young as you'd think I would be when I was doing these things, but I loved collecting baseball cards. Loved it. I loved busting open packs of baseball cards. Some of you... Um, in your phase of life, you, you had baseball cards and you opened them up and you had, if you had a good one, you stuck it in your bike tires so it would sound like a motorcycle when you were, and that makes me crazy to think about. Crazy. But when I would open up these baseball cards, I would look through them and there were just a lot of players that weren't that good and just, but then you'd find one. And what would you do? You'd take it apart. You'd bring it over here. You'd hold it very gingerly. You'd get a plastic hard case and you'd put it in there. And you'd treasure it. You'd bring it aside and you'd say, oh, this. And, and you'd make sure your brother or your sister didn't touch it. And if your friends came over and you liked them, you'd show it off and say, this is my card. The idea here is not to treasure your treasures down here on earth. There's a reason for that. It's not just, oh, you know, they're no good. It's, you know, scowling and saying you shouldn't have the fun of those treasures. But there's a reason for it. As you look at uh, this passage, it tells us a couple of different things of why not to treasure our treasures. The first thing is this. Moth and rust destroy treasures. Moth and rust destroy if someone would give you a treasure, they would give you something of value, you loved it, and they could tell you, this will last forever. 
This will always give you the enjoyment it does today. This will still thrill you forever. That'd be a different thing. But what he says about the treasures of this earth, they will not last. Moth and rust destroy. It's interesting. You say, well, moth and rust. You can take something of value and set it aside, put it in a cupboard in a safe place. And you say, hey, this will last here forever. Well, the point of rust is it just does its thing, doesn't it? Over time, things get rusty. When you think of moths, they, they just do their thing. And you could have something put away for a long time and you say, oh, I, I haven't touched it. It must be in perfect condition. Well, the moths got into it and have ruined it. As you think about that, you think, well, that's what this life is. Moth and rust can get to pretty much everything I have. And then he also says there's thieves that they can steal. They can take from you. You ever been uh, stolen from? You ever ha- had that feeling where somebody stole from you and took something of value? It's an awful feeling, isn't it? Because you paid a lot of money, you, you had a treasure, and then it's been taken away from you. He said, this is why we don't lay up, we don't treasure or cling to or, or uh, value supremely. The things of this life, because thieves can break in and steal. I want you to turn over to Proverbs chapter 23. I want to show you 23 verses 4 and 5. And I want to read to you a passage that shares with us a similar idea to the passage that we're looking at right now. And I want to talk to you about possessions, about wealth, about what it is that we need to remember In the midst of having things here in this life. Verse 4 says this. uh, Proverbs chapter 23 verse 4. Do not toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist. To push it away. When your eyes light on it. It is gone. For suddenly it sprouts wings. Flying like an eagle toward heaven. You get the picture of wealth there? Um, I know you well enough, uh, this group of people, that I could point to a few of you and say, tell me how wealthy you used to be. Give me testimony of what you had. And where is it now? Where is it now? Say, yeah, you know, it's been a tough 10-year stint here, you know. Uh, Riches have come, riches have gone. And that's true, isn't it? You, You know, you know, some of you know that personally. Others of you know people who know that personally. You say, well, it's not me. I, I want you to understand, uh, these passages. Some of us look at these passages and say, yeah, wealth, possessions, they sometimes can be lost. They sometimes can be lost. That's the way we look at this. That's not the teaching of Scripture, that they sometimes can be lost. The teaching of Scripture is that they always are lost in the end. 
There's, there's no sense of them being eternal. That in the end, they will take off from us. That's what wealth does. That's what riches and possessions do. They are gone in the end. A better way to say it is they will always be lost. They'll always be lost. Let that sink in for a moment. Um, if you get a new car, it won't run forever. It's a temporary deal. If you get a new house, it will fall apart. It will be outdated. You'll have green shag carpet that looks like avocados in time. The refrigerator that was beautiful at one time will have dents in it because your kids or grandkids have done that to it. It will not last. Those tools that you bought, they're temporary. Some of them will be so outdated that they don't even use those tools anymore in a few years. Better. There's better things out there. And so he says to us, he says, don't don't lay up treasures here on earth where, where moth and rust can destroy and where thieves can break in and steal. There's a better way. There's a better way. Uh, there's a better place to lay up treasures. Look at verse 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. <coughs> I, I want us to get this. This is super important. I, I would call this, if this, if our titling this point, it's, I would say it like this. Be greedy. You say, be greedy? Look at it again. Why would I say be greedy? Lay up for yourselves. Lay up for yourselves. There's a different kind of greed, obviously, right? It's um, one writer has said it this way, that it's enlightened self-interest. It's the idea of understanding who God is, having a relationship with Him, having our sins forgiven and our place in heaven secure, knowing all that gives us perspective that the best thing for us is to live this way. To lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. As you look at that, he gives a reason for that as well. And it's the opposite reason as in verse 19, where neither moth nor rust destroys. As you lay up treasures in heaven, it's never touched by decay. Those treasures are never touched by decay. And also, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Most of us love getting a good deal. But the thing we hate most is getting ripped off. Oh, it makes me crazy. Some of you are like this as well. You, you go to a store and you buy something and you say, Oh, I got I got this for $15. I got this great deal. And you're thrilled with your purchase and you get home and you see an ad for the same thing for $5. Makes you crazy. In fact, you'll spend $10 worth of gas taking it back to the store where you bought it so that you can buy it for 5 based on principle. 
I don't like getting ripped off. We buy something and, and we love it. It's a tool or, or something we'll use. And, and we get it home and in time it, it, it breaks and it doesn't work anymore. Oh, I hate it. I got ripped off. That's the picture of verse 19. The great ripoff. That we've invested. We've, we've sought after. We've gained the treasures. But all to see that it just goes away. It, the the wealth that we had as proverbs says sprout wings and it takes off and we're like come back please come back but it's gone so jesus compassionately shares with these people he says for yourself lay up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. I got the opportunity of um, traveling to Russia when I was in college. And in those days, it was in the early 90s and life was changing over there. And uh, we were staying there for six weeks and we got over there and I had some money and I knew that I needed to change it into rubles. Uh the currency that they were using over there. And so I met some people at church and they said, oh, do you need to change some money into rubles? And we said, yeah. And they said, well, let me give you our rubles and and we'll change money. And so I, I thought that was a great idea. And so they said, no, no, no. I don't want you to give me your dollars right now. When you get back home, I want you to send it to this address. <coughs> And I said, oh, that's that's nice. They're supporting family in the United States. And they said, no, we're not supporting family. We're in the next year. We're going to move to the United States. And when we get there, we want there to be some money so that we can live. I see that as a picture. Obviously, uh, the United States is no in no way is heaven or place like that but what it is it's paying it ahead it's it's sending it ahead of us that's the picture here for us as god's people to look at heaven and say i I want to send it forward to the homeland to the place of my citizenship the place where i'm going to live to send it ahead i want to ask you how many years do you have left down here You say, oh, I don't know. Don't you know anything, Pastor? We don't know. We don't know about that. God is the only one who knows. That's true. But just do the do the math, okay? You know, maybe for you, you say, I have 30 years left down here. 30 years. Maybe some of you say, well, I'm probably 20. Maybe some of you say 10 or even five, maybe less. There's a sense of, of strategy to all that, right? There's a sense of planning for that. Not, not Some of us, <coughs> one of the big topics is planning for retirement. Planning for, for the believer, it's planning for eternity. It's saying, you know, I only have to make it a few more years down here. I don't know when the Lord will take me home, but it's reasonable to think that in 30 years, maybe I won't be here anymore, be in heaven. 
Maybe in 20 years, maybe in 10, maybe in five, maybe this year. And so the idea being plan accordingly. John D. Rockefeller, uh, who was at one point the richest man in America. Our country is marked by his money. You can go to towns and places where libraries and different monuments have been set up by his money and continues on into his family now. When he died, uh, the story goes that someone asked his accountant, how much did he leave? And he quickly snapped back. He said, he left it all. He left it all. You know what? Uh, Warren Buffett's going to do that. Probably soon. One day, Bill Gates is going to do that. And one day, you will do that. And one day I will do that. All that I have down here will be gone. It will be left behind. If not before then, it will sprout the wings and be separated from me. This should cause us to think through strategically what our pursuits are down here. What it is that we buy, where the money that God has entrusted us goes. Verse 21, uh, after he places these two different ways of treasuring things, two different destinations for treasures. In verse 21, Jesus says these so very profound words that should cause us to think through really our entire life. Verse 21 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. As you think about that, it causes you to ask the question, where is my treasure? Where are my treasures? And you say, well, what's my treasure? I said, no, I asked you first. What is your treasure? And you say, well, I don't know. How can you tell what is your treasure? It's simple. The passage tells you what your treasure is. That's where your heart is. Because they're in the same place. Some have said, if you look at your schedule and your finances, you can tell what someone loves. It's true. This passage we'll look at next week. We'll think about it and I ask that you would think about it deeply this week. Is where's your heart? Where's your heart? Because the two are connected. Our treasure and our heart. It's a profound principle. It's a principle of parenting and of marriage. You say, well, what does that have to do with marriage? What does that have to do with parenting? Some might say, well, I'm having a tough time at home. I'm I'm struggling with my kids. Verse 21 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Do you treasure your kids? Do you love them? Invest in them. Invest in them. Well, what does it mean to invest in your kids? Money, time, and treasure. If there's something outside of your life that you say, well... Um, 
I don't like when my kids use all my money. They're wasting my time. They're messing up my stuff. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Say, well, what does this have to do with marriage? Real simple. Many times, you know, I I just don't love him anymore. I just don't love her anymore. I, I don't have any heart for them. My heart has grown cold. You know what you should do? Invest in your spouse. Serve them. Put time in them. Spend time with them. Invest in them. Why? Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You say, which is first? Do I put my heart into something and then my treasures follow? Or do I put my treasures into something and then my heart follow? I'd say yes. Yes. Goes both ways. I think often uh, we say we love things and yet our lives say something different. We say we have a heart for things, our children, our spouse, for the work of God, and yet our time and our treasure and our money say something else. They say we love other things. And this is not for you to feel guilty. This is for your benefit. You understand that? That Jesus, as he shared these things, he was saying, I got a better way for you. I want to pull you away from this meaningless exercise from this constant ripoff that you're involved in of the stuff of this earth. Jesus encouraged them with these words for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. This week, I'd ask that you would think about that. Be reflective of your own life and heart and your schedule Do your best to be honest. Many times we say we love our family and yet our lives don't dictate that. We say we we love our wife, husband. And our actions show otherwise. Say we love the Lord and His work. Say we love His church. And yet our actions say otherwise. Jesus was not... He was not passing the offering basket. (coughs) He was not saying, I need more money. What he was saying was, you need a better place to treasure. You need a place that will last forever. You say, well, how do I do this? Give to the Lord's work. That's what you do. You love giving to the Lord's work. You say, well, what else? Love your family. Love your family. They have souls. What is the Lord's work? It's dealing with souls. You know what? Every person has a soul. That's the only thing that's eternal in this life. Everything else is going to pass away. (coughs) As you think about your life, is it, Is it driven by being with other souls, of blessing them, of sharing the gospel, of being a model, of leading them to the Savior, of discipling discipling people that they might know Him better? They might be in heaven. They might be in heaven. 
This is what is best for us, according to Jesus. This is what will be best for our life. This will be fulfilling for us. When we get to heaven in 30, 20, 10, maybe five or less years, what will we be thinking? What will we be, uh, what will we be regretting <coughs> that I didn't send more ahead? I don't think so. Let me pray for us and ask that God would help us even this week to dwell on his word, to consider our lives before him, to be thrilled with his plan. God, thank you for this morning. God, I ask you to do your work in us. Um, God, we uh, that this world is filled with materialism. And materialism would be great, God, if it lasted forever, but it doesn't. Your word has made that clear. God, help us to see clearly. Help us to uh, work through your word and be fixated on that which is eternal, that which will last. But thank you for your church. Bless it through your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.